Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Hello. And a very special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? I don't really know how to do a guest. I can't believe that I'm special. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm Tom uh, Searle. Do I need to say that? Yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, I play guitar in the band Architects. Hello. Otherwise, if I didn't say that, people might just be like, well, why is he here? <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> none of us playing any kind of... Uh, you don't have to any- offer any credentials. Nah, yeah. just no, like, yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically, do you live in Brighton or have you got access to Skype? That's like your yeah. only things that we need for you to get on the podcast. So um, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. It's be uh, be quite fun, I think. I think yeah. it's, it's a bit weird having a guest. Yeah. Yeah, you are yeah. quite weirded out by the whole thing of having a guest. <laughs> should, we, should we just kick it off in the conventional manner and then we'll run into some additional well, questions what I was thinking is that uh, yes we could do um, well we've got a choice we can either talk about what's gone on this week because uh, there have been some guitar related stuff and things happening there's a bit of news um, or we could dive straight into talking to Tom what would you like to do I think we should just dive straight into talking to Tom we can talk about other stuff later it depends on how interesting he is if he runs out of things to say I'm sure it's going to be very then we'll, good we'll, we'll, we'll I would have, have, I would have done the it the again. other way round in order to sort of you know ease Tom into it a bit but you know I feel like as I'm you suggested it first we'll, uh, as you can see this is like this is a proper slick operation yeah, yeah. you know we're, um, we're unprepared so what I think we should do is uh, so I've listened to a couple of podcasts where they talk about um, like someone's got their phone on that is making a noise um, I think it might have been me actually um, so other podcasts what they like to do is uh, talk about like people's like secret origin uh, in a comic book style um, how did you get into guitar playing and um, influences and stuff like that so let's kick off with that I guess um, how did you get into guitar playing and what were your influences um, well I was always brought up on guitar music or okay. rock <laughs> as they call it um, called. you know Nirvana and Foo Fighters Tom Petty and stuff like that um, my parents always played that and then my dad uh, always had a strat that was ju- just sort of hung- spent time hanging on the wall really and uh, I-, I played bass because all my friends played guitar in school and I thought um, oh I can't do that because all my friends do it because I was a child who didn't understand <laughs> anything okay um 
eventually I got over that ridiculousness um, and, I, and I played the guitar because that's why I just always wanted to do it and you get good at things that you always want to do don't you was the Strat your first guitar well, I, you know, I never really felt like it was what I learned on, but it was, you know, it you. was never, um, I never even changed the strings on it, you know, <laughs> it was just battered, well, not battered, but brand new and untouched, but dull, you know. Um, I love strats. I have one now that I bought years later um, when I be- had my period of being obsessed with Pink Floyd. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, you know, I learned my first few songs on that or whatnot, and then eventually I... I uh, saved up and bought myself one of those uh, those cheap PRSs that they brought out. I think I loved. Or the SEs. Yeah, yeah, I loved Incubus when I was fourteen oh, or fifteen. Pierre SEs are something. great. Wait a second, aren't one Incubus Music Man or was that later? No, um, PRS. Hundred yeah. percent. I'm sure he plays Albert Lee's now. Well, quite possibly, yeah. but yeah, yeah, um, but who's no one's. Listening, mm. yeah, no. <laughs> yeah that, that might be true. Did, did anyone hear their last record? Incidentally, I don't, no, I definitely think it was not. Wish you were here. If a tree no, no. falls in the forest, <laughs> <laughs> is, is anyone listening to Incubus? The answer is no. Um, so, Strat is what you got started on, uh, which actually I think answers one of the questions, but we can go over those later on. Um, how did you get into doing like more? metal focused stuff the heavy metal stuff the huh? heavy metal yeah. stuff um, what was the PRS SE just on, on that line which, what was which, it yeah which model SE series it was a green one uh, <laughs> Santana 1 Sorry probably to disappoint the nerds yeah. <laughs> that's what we're here for I think it was just I went into uh, a, a local guitar shop which will remain nameless okay. <laughs> probably for the best um, briefed well uh, <laughs> and um, I just bought the one that was cheapest that looked a bit like the one that the guy in Incubus played um, I never really had the right pickups or anything I remember playing it and being like why doesn't this sound like you know Deftones guitar sound um, but I, I you know what what made my transition into playing metal I mean I, I know that I, I went down to the Concord to one day when I was 14 years old or something and it was like uh, all day and I think Hiding with Girls were playing this is probably going to be irrelevant information to yeah, this, I mean, this, this, this is quite local references but you yeah, guys yeah. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about um, and uh, and Johnny Truant were playing and oh, I, I was, no, I was definitely at that show uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah 100% I was at that show and uh, Wall of Denial I think Wall of Denial played that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah. Um, Junk DNA yeah. I mean <laughs> Some, some classic bands. <laughs> Johnny Truant were famous endorsed back then. Probably, were, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, and so I think that was. I just remember watching them and, and being like, "Wow, this is um, sort of." I'm almost a little bit scared by it, you know, which is ridiculous in retrospect. But uh, you know, it had an impression on me anyway. And uh, so that was like your first exposure to like metal live. Probably, I mean, I get, yeah, live. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I. I think I had started to have some in, interests in like uh, Poison the Well and. Uh, even that uh, first Killswitch Engage album and stuff um, and so yeah it just sort of naturally went from there you know um, I was in school at the time and you know from there it went into Dillinger Escape Plan and I became absurdly obsessed with that band for many years and, and uh, Sixth as well uh, the really inspirational band to me that just made me want to push myself 
and, and, and take me out of this like I'd, I'd think well if they can play it you know I can you know why not um, that confidence dried up pretty quick <laughs> <laughs> nice to have when I started sixth, trying to nice to have sixth back as well and yeah they're, they're PRS endorsed they, yeah that's right yeah yeah signature models and everything oh. well P- Pin plays a, a black machine and someone I saw a link for a black machine going for $30,000 on eBay or something like that. It's a bit of wood. <laughs> it's a bit it's, of wood. It's, that's like not even that much money in the big scheme of things. Like you can buy new guitars for that, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy money. Um, so that's what got you kind of started. What about actually like getting into playing that style and like buying a guitar that was maybe more suited towards that? Yeah, I got a... Uh, it was when I got our band well our first uh, we had a guitarist join called Tim who, and he uh, uh, I was really good friends with him and he had different guitars like Ibanez's and Gibson's and stuff yeah. and I'd never got to be near guitars that were so like fancy yeah and uh, and he lent me a Gibson for a long while that I played for a long while but it wasn't until I got uh, thanks to my Dillinger Escape Plan obsession I got a uh, LTD MH1000 oh, and uh, you know with EMGs and so it finally sounded like metal <laughs> uh, and uh, I played that for years and years and years I must have done hundreds and hundreds of shows of it and uh, that was my I loved that thing I loved it for years and and, and, and luckily eventually I say eventually it wasn't that long actually it was 2007 or 2008 maybe uh, wasn't got endorsed by by ESP and uh, got given a couple of a few LTDs and and yeah that was that was me with them for years and years and, and I loved them as well yeah. you've, you've recently made another move yeah, yeah I made another yeah. move haven't I yeah I did, I, I did do first act for a while let's not talk about that um, <laughs> I was going to say that we should there are actually questions about that and I think it came up a couple of weeks ago didn't we we, we did have a you, question you didn't, you didn't believe me about the fate of first act yeah it's finished now isn't it no it's not it's not it still exists but first act now make um, uh, Spider-Man ukuleles yep. is that, yeah Spon- what, is that Spongebob, Spongebob ukuleles Spongebob ukuleles but yeah. is that all they make yes yeah yeah, we looked it up because I didn't believe you at all. No. And yeah, apparently the First Act now still exists, has now yeah. in, in some way have gone into making like commercial children's... I think what they do is they buy the, the, like, the license. Um, so they're buying like Spongebob or yeah. Marvel or whatever and they're making yeah, things exactly. around that, whether it's ukulele or little kids' guitars and things but like that. But you actually so. came onto First Act at a time when they were really gaining momentum, especially in sort of metalcore. And they were throwing out a few signature models as well. They were throwing them out. I think that, <laughs> I think that the, the thing is, is that they, they put the horse before the carriage or something. You know, it was like, it was all... They got ahead of themselves a little bit, and it was too good to be true. You know, the the amount they were throwing out at all these different artists, like if you're giving a, a, a guitarist like me at the level we were at at that time, multiple free custom guitars. Yeah, because it, it was all coming out of a custom shop, like that. Yeah, pay equivalent to sort of Fender's two and a half grand a pop custom shop. Yeah, mm. I mean, this is the thing. I think they were they were. It was all very enchanting, the idea of this uh, these custom guitars, but it, I think the truth is that I preferred the the LTD that I was playing right. for. Did yeah. you stay with First Act for long? It was it probably was only a 
two and a half years or three, yeah. or maybe three years. I don't know. Time is. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <when> you, <laughs> you left construct. You left yeah. ESP for for the first act things at the time. Yeah, but that, I think I went back to ESP. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. That because I oh yeah at the time it was my 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 situation with LTD was pretty woeful I mean once I stopped being you know like a kid with stars in his eyes about it I'm endorsed by LTD um, and I started realising you know they didn't really give they were just a toss about me very cheap guitars you? yeah so I, then I went to them and then by the time that whole thing with first take was over ESP you know I spoke, started speaking to the guys in, in the US and they were giving me the ESPs and mm. uh I guess that's to do with your career kind of yeah, building yeah. up over time sure, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think also, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if anyone even cares to hear about the in, inner workings of the of the uh, hierarchy at, at ESP. But I just I think absolutely, just, it's actually one of the most complicated <laughs> hierarchies of. of I think for the sake of this podcast, we should probably not go into that <laughs> too, uh, too deeply. But yeah, um, yeah, like you say, probably when you were earlier on. You know, I guess that's the benefit of uh, of releasing more records and mm-hmm. proving that you you can do it for for years and years. You get start getting better endorsement deals. Yeah, and sure. Like, and in retrospect, I was very lucky to get any deal at the, yeah. in the early stage. Yeah. I mean, that, that was pretty wild. Really, we were just we were that one rung above being a, just a local band. Yeah. really. You know. So was that the first record? First and second. Right. Yeah, okay. I think. Yeah. So that's what, 2006 to 2008, 2008. Right, I'd okay. say. Yeah. Maybe into 2009. Yeah, maybe into 2009. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, what are you playing now? I'm with uh, Mayonnaise now. Okay. This is uh, the most exciting one, I think, yeah. of I don't think we've ever mentioned Mayonnaise. Well, on. unsurprisingly, I mean, you've seen the pink Mossrite copy that's sitting over there uh, and Jay's Les Pauls and stuff. They're not guitars that we often cross no. paths with. This is actually something that we should get more into doing we've tried it before and I, I with just the four of us and the problem is that because all of us are like Fender and Gibson the, when we try inward facing yeah, very, yeah, exactly. it's been a yeah it's very much with this podcast obviously we're kind of none of us are like metal players so mm-hmm. crossing paths with you know things like custom build you know like mayonnaise and things like that we don't often have a lot of interaction with them so tell us a little bit about the company first because like I say, sure. it's probably the first mention ever on, on guitar right, notes. Right. Um, and more about the guitar that you actually play. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, this is this is by far and away the the one, the company of all the ones that I've played that I am the most interested in okay. and most excited about. Um, uh, firstly, I mean, the guitars are just fantastic. I mean, I couldn't... You know, I definitely got to a point with ESP where I started. I don't. This might sound bad, but I, you know, I started getting to the point where you know these initially very precious things to me were sort of the things that I would drag across the stage by the strap with no <laughs> respect whatsoever, and they weren't really very uh, dear to me anymore. Um, so I was looking for a, a new company, and I can't remember who I saw playing them, but anyway, it's a Polish company, and. Uh, all I knew is initially I'm just a guy that likes the way thing guitars look. Yeah. That's so first and foremost, you know, we'll get to how they play and how they sound and all that boring stuff later. <laughs> um, and I just love the way they looked and then I contacted them, I filled out an, an endorsement form and they said, yeah, great, you know, we'll, we'll work with you. So away we went. And I, I got a, initially I just got a loan guitar off them, but I still have, I ended up keeping it. Is that the, is it the Regius? Yeah, that yeah, the that's, I have 
four of them. So I was surprised that you said that. You said you go for things uh, on the basis of the way that they look, because the Regius is uh, is the guitar is is that they market themselves as being like um, the player's guitar. It's certainly the least the least swag of all the right, right, mayonnaise things. Right, yeah. Well, it just you know I I I got to a point where I I wasn't into like the super metal looking thing. I mean, my band is pretty super metal really but I'm not really a super metal guy you know um, and it just sort of has that look about it where it's like classy and, and without being you know it's not like a BC rich warlock yeah. you know it, it crosses and, that session player yeah you could you could play non-metal with, yeah with it I, non-metal it's a pretty broad yeah <laughs> anything but country so the, yeah, yeah. the other three that you have are they all did you go for the Regius body shape and net profile yeah, with all yeah. of them yeah just one of them I got um, fan fret fan oh really fret. yeah, yeah. Hey, have you been finding that well um, I actually uh, I actually don't play it because <laughs> <laughs> because the because <laughs> the friends no, band. No, it's, it's actually just a tone thing. It's just that it's just that the the bridge the bridge. I, I what's the, I have the, I'm, this is, you got the wrong guy on here. Uh, monorail. The, it's like so. It's it's a, anyway. The bridge just doesn't sound as bright and sparkly oh, as the right. ones okay. and the others. So so it just it just lost. It turns out in the end, I did care about how it sounded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it plays fine. I was really surprised actually. And our bass player has a, a fan fret uh, bass as well that um, okay, he's incredibly ashamed of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this also a mayonnaise construction? No, that's a dingwall. Okay, oh, really? um, which we just used on our last record for some of the songs that were down in like F sharp sort of mm. thing. And uh, sounds it sounded great. That's actually another point because because you're what, what what are you tuning down into G? We have. We do a few tunings. One's just C sharp standard, right? And then is one is like C sharp standard, but with the low C sharp down to G sharp, right? Which is sort of something ripped off Mastodon. And you use a seventy for that. Seventy, yeah, yeah, that's right. Which yeah. is, you know, thicker than the D string on my bass. It's pretty beefy. Yeah, yeah it's just it's just standard fare for me these days. Um, and uh, and then yeah, some songs are down in uh, F sharp. Uh, which is just not the whole guitar again it's just the one string because right. I've never really lots of other bands in the genre do the whole tuning the whole guitar thing down but I know I, why we ended up taking this route of just tuning the one string down and having the rest say the same but it kind of forces you into making uh, sort of musical composition decisions yeah. it gives you it, an interesting range anyway yeah sure it's just I don't know it doesn't you don't have that whole guitar sludgy like you still have it. the clarity of the highest stuff anyway. and what what pickups are you using in the in the mayonnaise um, especially I, to try and get clarity out of a low F yeah sure. sure well well I think that the thing is about having a low F is, is in that tuning is you tend to just use it as a single string you don't use it in like these chuggy chords you can't chug in it because it's two F sharps together it doesn't sound heavy remotely it just sounds yeah. like this, you know yeah. uh, you guys are nodding so yeah you do yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and for the sake of the listeners we all nodded then yeah yeah <laughs> you, you know um, and but yeah I use in most of them I have well in all of them I have uh, bare knuckle pickups oh really um, do you retrofit those then um, mayonnaise surely they don't would they come yeah, with yeah yeah knuckles? yeah well the, I got they're all um, I did put some in in the lone one and things like that but the rest of them are all custom stuff but I believe if you order a guitar from mayonnaise then you can just 
ask for whatever pickups you like, they'll do it. I don't understand how Bare Knuckle are making enough pickups at the moment because so many brands are starting to move over to them. Ibanez have just done a range with yeah, Bare really? Knuckles in. Yeah, with sort of multicoloured Bare Knuckles in. And I, I guess you I, just it's, scale it's up. One fella. You buy more machines. But it's one <laughs> fella. It's not one fella. No, I know. He <laughs> hires all the students in his yeah, local yeah. village over the summer. You know about that? To coil... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they're all they're all hand wound, but like it, it's By just this, it's just this one village. And whereas, like you know, when we were kids, we'd maybe go and have like you know a paper round or yeah. or like <laughs> working working budgings or something like that. If you live in this one village, I actually did both of those things. <laughs> if, if you uh, if you live in this one village, your Saturday job is winding pickups. So there's this. There's a sweatshop somewhere in Cornwall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you're sort of not a serious claim. (laughs) (laughs) Your prize bare knuckle pickups were actually wound by some sort of smelly hungover student on a Sunday. The blood of a child, child's (laughs) fingers. Yeah. So, have you ever experimented with like extended range? Stuff actually, yeah, I should probably mention that they're okay. all baritone, okay? Yeah, apart from the pamphlet one, which is okay, half okay, baritone. How about more strings? Uh, yeah, I had I had a seven string actually. We did a song on uh, on our third record on a seven string. People say, "Oh, when are you going to play?" And I said, "Well, I sold the guitar a week after we recorded it, so never." Um, um, so yeah, I did play around with it, but it just, you know, again, like with with what we're doing with just down tuning the one string, I, I feel so comfortable playing a six string. Admittedly. I mean, I'm, maybe I could get into a seven string, but at the time I did, I had one. I, it just didn't click with me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, again, I, I, maybe I would like it now. I, I've resisted the baritone thing for ages, but we played down down in G sharp for years on a, a regular scale length. And I was like, oh, I won't like it. It'll be like a bass guitar or something. <laughs> and, and now I love it and I'll never go back. I was going to say, how do you, how did you initially react to the kind of change in like string tension, going from something that's regular scale and yeah. down tune to then a baritone? Did uh, it just instantly feel better? Or? Yeah, it was like revelation. Right. Like, oh my, <laughs> what have I been doing? Right, you know, this is just this is totally the way forward, and it allowed me to use the tuning so much more effectively because you don't have to. Well, for a start, you put a guitar in G sharp regular scale length you can't really fret anything on it it yeah. just buzzes yeah. and bends and it's out of tune so it was cool it opened up loads of new opportunities I have to say Tom I really feel like um, that little sound bite there is something that every person who works in a guitar shop <laughs> should have like just with them just because on the I, phone, just I a mean little. I, I would attribute a lot of my misery of working in a guitar shop to you personally with people coming in and saying like, oh, I want to play in like drop G sharp on my Telecaster. Can yeah, you set yeah. it up? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, no, you, it doesn't yeah. work like that. <laughs> and and I, you know, I've, I've often, I've, we've never had this conversation, but I do hold you pretty responsible for that. And I just feel like if, 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 if someone had that on, on the soundbite, it's like, no, Tom Searle says, you need to get the baritone. Get a baritone. Yeah, well, so, or get a seven string. Like, or like get, you, or get the seven like string. I had a seven string at one point. I did. Yeah. Was it a baritone seven string? No, no, it was a standard. Now that is a guitar. Yeah. The, um, Stephen Carpenter. Stephen Carpenter. Yeah. Well, I, actually, I, yeah, he had a bar- His was one of the ones I got. Yeah. LTD, actually, yeah, but it didn't stay with me long. Yeah. Um. So how about the rest of the rig? 
talked a bit about guitars. Um, what are you using? Uh, should we do amps first, and then we'll get into the real interesting stuff? Like we sure. love guitars yeah. and amps, and but the amps is interesting. It's the pedal board is where it's at, I guess. But let's talk about amps first. Sure, just shuffling for some reason. Yeah, no worries. So, what are you using? Um, right now, I've got a diesel a Herbert. Okay. Um, which I got uh, sometime last year. And I'd already always sort of fantasised about getting one because they're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so are you endorsed by diesel as well, or is that just something? Yeah, yeah. So the um, the Herbert's quite an interesting choice as well. Out of the three of them, um, out of the three of them, out of the out of the series. Yeah, because that's the the Herbert's a, a three channel um, amp, but it's got quite an interesting crunch channel because mm. it's it's voiced in three different modes. In two. Oh. I believe it's got the plus it? and the minus. Oh yeah, that's right. There. But minus is supposed to be plexi, and I think sure, plus yeah. is uh, like JCM eight eight hundred. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a an extra bit where it's supposed to be like diesel voicing. Right. Uh, I don't think I so, did. I did invert <laughs> with my hands. I haven't then. found it. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm no expert. I'm no expert. Diesel's not an obvious choice, I guess, particularly um, in this country where I don't think they've got a distributor. Like I don't actually know. Who brings them in? Right, I right. don't really know where you yeah, buy one. Yeah, I mean, one. there's James up in London, but he's a bit of a one-man show. Okay, yeah. sure, sure. Um, why diesel, basically? Well, you know what? Again, it, it's funny. Well, like you say, people come in and ask you to put their guitars in G-sharp because they might have seen me do it or yeah. something. I, I used to love Sixth. I okay. still love Sixth. And used to go on tour with Sixth, and they would play them, and I was like, well, these guys can play guitar great. Yeah. So they must know about what the best amps are, and they were playing them. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I knew they were, like, good quality amps. So, I and our other guitarist, Adam, hates this, because he'll research. He buys... He three, plays Method. He does, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's just got a Mark V, and he has a dual rec as well. And he, he, he's, he, he, this is real, he buy, buy, buys, like, three wash bags and then returns two when he decides which is favourite. It's, it's real, you know, he's, that's real. I thought you were going to say wash burns. I yeah. thought you were talking about guitars. <laughs> I'm talking about, it's down to a wash bag. That's that serious. Um, whereas I'm more like, yeah, Diesel, Herbert, sure. Yeah, sure. I saw one and then I bought one. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. And, and and fortunately, I do think it is really cool, and I do really yeah. like it. I'm actually um, going up to London tomorrow to potentially buy a, or a VH4 as well. Okay, um, really? Oh, that would be cool. Because I need that's like the two. flagship diesel. Yeah, that's the that's the super fancy one, isn't it? That's, that's one, one where I decided I couldn't afford when I got the Herbert. Right. But now I'm really just throwing caution to the wind. Just, <laughs> I just think if I act like I've got this money, <laughs> the universe will it's give it to me. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Do you use much of the uh, the channel selecting, the amp selecting on the, on yeah. the Herbert? Yeah, so so I, I use all three channels. Um, unfortunately, the the Plexi Marshall thingy isn't foot switchable, so I... Oh, um, isn't it? No. Oh, right. So oh I, of course, because it's just a, on a rotary, it's a yeah. voicing yeah. rather yeah. than a channel. Yeah, yeah. so I just... Um, but I make the best of it. Um, <laughs> and uh, and there, but there's a foot switchable mid-cut, second That's volume channel. That's the other thing that makes it like super... Super yeah. suitable for metal. Is, yeah, absolutely. Is a, a built-in mid-cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just... I... Yeah, I'm just getting it. I mean, this will lead us on to where I'm sure you guys want to talk about. But I'm just getting it set up with a, uh, with all the MIDI and and all of the rest of it to uh, make the full use of it all, really. Because yeah. b- right now, 
I am still tap dancing. Really? Okay. Um, although well, I say still, those days are over. By the next time we play a show, I won't okay. be tap dancing anymore. Okay. We, um, we'll get onto pedals and stuff in a minute. Um, what are your thoughts on things like Axe FX and Kemper, um, the more like digital side of things? Because mm. obviously a lot of metal bands at the moment are switching over to that. Yeah. A lot of people that do as many gigs as you do are switching over to that kind mm-hmm. of system because yeah. you can just set it up. It doesn't matter where you're playing. It could be a festival. It could be a little club. You kind of always get the same sound. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever used anything like that? And um, what do you kind of think about it? I have a Kemper at home, actually. Okay. Um, and... Uh, I mean, presuming they won't listen to it, they sent it to me, and then I emailed them saying, "Hey guys, I'll I'll buy this off you." And then I didn't hear anything for a year. Okay. Um, so. Scott, the guy who owns the company, is actually a Patreon backer. And if if I'm honest, I haven't fully explored it yet. I've just used okay. it for demoing. I haven't made my own profiles and all that stuff. Um, I don't have an opinion on XFX because I haven't played with okay. any of that stuff. But I would say that if anything was breathing down my neck, it would be Kemper because mainly because everyone I know that uses them says these things are absolutely brilliant. Yeah, um, they're brilliant for what you do, definitely. Yeah, I think sure. um, the sort of clarity and isolation mm-hmm. that metalcore requires, they are very good for. Yeah. And also, well, also just the functionality of taking something around on tour. I oh, guess. I, don't, so. I don't. I can't. I can't. I still can't get my head around that ever being sort of a relevant thing for music to. Yeah, do. but like, that's because oh, well, this this one's convenient. This one comes in its own bag. But that's because you're not doing any <laughs> flying gigs. Yeah, like if you're true. doing fly-ins, then it's small enough to fit in hand luggage. Doesn't mean that you need to pay to get something shipped, and you're not relying on what's actually, there when you get there. Actually, you said it when we when we were talking about um, when we were chatting when when I was chatting with Juan Aldrich yeah. from the Mars Volta, and I was asking why he changed to why they changed to using a combo, just one orange combo, yeah. and why he changed to using Ampeg Portaflex combos. He was saying it's because... Luggage, hand luggage. Yeah, yeah they mm-hmm. were having to take a whole truck for their yeah. setup, and yeah. this way they could take a splitter. Yeah. I get the impression Adam, the other guitarist in your band, wouldn't be very happy with moving away from... Probably the not. Bi- the big amps. Probably not. I, like no. more, more so than you. I think you're, you're a lot more adaptable and I get the, like Adam's a lot more like, no, no, mess a boogie. He loves John Mayer and twiddling and, you know, like playing like, um, it licks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think John Mayer was your first word of reference. Because that's what I think when I think of architects. Is, uh, well, he, he's just, he's just comes from a more, he's more of a... He's like a guitar player. He's a guy. He's the guy that I hear when I go into guitar stores. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Blues or <laughs> something, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about that stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like Adam's actually quite interesting. So he only joined your band what two years ago? A year? Two I years can't ago? Remember? Yeah, something in that bracket. How do you think having because for because obviously Architects started out as a band with two guitars, mm-hmm. and then you for a long time, one, didn't you? For a long time, it was just you, right? Yeah. We never played a show with just me, but never, we, okay. we were just on, on paper, it was just me. Right, okay. Has having that other guitar player in like rehearsals and in songwriting sessions changed what you do, do you think? Um, how were we doing it before? I can't even remember. It wasn't that long ago. No, um, it, I mean, having Adam has definitely, I mean, in, especially in the studio and stuff, like he's so he's probably the guy you want to be speaking to right now instead of me <laughs> yeah I mean that's, that's sort of what I've been thinking he's that. really 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 into the yeah. gear side of it and um, 
you know, he, he, we laugh at him because he will take like a manual, the manual for his new head on tour with him, and that'll be his casual reading. Right. <laughs> Matt, Nutt. yeah, yeah. So the guy, who, the other guy who normally does the podcast, is very much that guy as well. He'll read the manual from cover to cover. Not just that; he's a big advocate of of reading, reading the manuals manual for yeah. things yeah. that you could just plug in and probably work out how they work anyway. And, and I'm a big advocate of. Do not read the instructions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, hope for the best. And if yeah. you get frustrated and it doesn't work, that's, you know, well, I'm st- I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to read the instructions. Just yeah. watch a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah. sell it. And even sell, sell it. Else. Sell it and buy sell something else. Yeah, yeah, it's too complicated. It's not it. for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I- we were talking about that flint earlier on the pedal board and I've not I've still not read the manual there's like hidden features in that mm-hmm. that I don't know how to use yeah yeah um, but yeah you only it's, found out that it had hidden features because one of us mentioned I it told, on a podcast I told you yeah. I'm the worst one Jay just, Cross just, I know. told you about a pedal don't read the an manual an effect pedal don't read the manual life's too short yeah, <laughs> yeah totally, totally well with that should we talk about pedal boards go on then so you mentioned uh, when you came in before we started recording that you've, you're a big fan of Strymon mm. um What have you got on your board? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What have you got on the whole board, actually? Not just the Strymon stuff, but how does the Strymon stuff specifically kind of fit in? Sure. Well, actually, I've just, I've just done a whole board revamp. And okay. I'm just getting it. Because you're fitting in the MIDI stuff. Yeah, so I got one of the Boss ES8 okay. um, things. Uh, and... I have so I've got the three strums. I've got the Mobius timeline and the and the Big Sky, okay, um, which I bought in sort of a a frenzy of, <laughs> of pedal passion, really. Yeah, from me, from you. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. A one one you, after the other. You, you you came in and I was like, oh, I thought you were on tour, and you were like, yeah, I was yesterday. Can I try one of those Strymon pedals, please? <laughs> Just. Yeah, and sort of in the space of a couple of months, ended yeah. up buying them all. I don't even think it was a couple of months. I think you maybe uh, insured me hitting my commission that month. I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> was, so this frenzy was this brought on by seeing someone use them? Yeah, yeah. To be weird, we had just done a tour with uh, uh, Australian band called North Lane, okay. and uh, they are 
gear freaks okay and they've got like two pedal boards each and they've all got campers on each one right. they look like spaceships it's <laughs> yeah. completely crazy uh, and, and this was at a point where we were still you know they were supporting us on our tour but we were still sort of lugging around our ancient <clears throat> 6505s in cardboard boxes <laughs> and the support band was showing up with pedal boards that looked like they could fly you to the moon right. so um, I, I don't know maybe it was like after that I was like okay maybe I should start investing a little bit of money into what I do or something um, but I was just I don't know I was just in, I, I, having it wasn't necessarily even seeing or hearing what those guys did with them again I think I was just enchanted by the way they look <laughs> <laughs> they do look when you see those the three big Strymans together it like 350 it, pounds a pedal yeah. Well, yeah. are they I've forgotten that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, tried yeah, to yeah. forget it's terif- terrifying when you put it like that but yeah. yeah when you see those three together like and they are the three that you see on like loads of people's pedals yeah, yeah. these days it just looks awesome they you know yeah. all the same size they've got that metallic finish and you know like you say it kind of looks like it could fly a, a spaceship yeah I mean it, the fact that they look so good it, it made me spend £350 on a modulation yeah. pedal when yeah, I'd yeah, never yeah. used <laughs> chorus or flange or anything in a song ever just you got really just, into I, the I have cure. now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have now because I had it <laughs> but which way around is it is it the fact that you bought the pedal meant that you had to use it in a song or was it that you needed the chorus so you bought the pedal I definitely didn't need the chorus right I definitely okay. didn't it was but but I like that I like the idea of having the way some of these things that you do buy can influence your creativity I mean yeah. whether it's getting a baritone guitar for the first time influencing my creativity or getting a modulation pedal which I'd never had before at my disposal I always thought like well I'm not gonna spend a hundred pounds or whatever on a boss chorus pedal so that I can have a chorus on one part of one song and I said that seems crazy so I think the idea of having this multi-effects thing with all the different options and especially with a view to move on to MIDI and all that stuff did it seem like an attractive idea so you spent 350 pounds on a chorus pedal yeah it's just the, the <laughs> technique is that you go in and you don't think for the whole time that you're in there until you're out of the shop with it in your hand just yeah. get into just a blind nice, yeah. tunnel vision of <laughs> exactly. I want to get this thing and then don't look at the money or anything do you, think, do you think that's what happened to The Cure do you think they were so concerned with the fact they'd spent £100 on a chorus they had to use it on just every left, song yeah, yeah. every single song and look it worked out fine years. yeah so I'm sure uh, <laughs> that song of theirs Boys Don't Cry that's a Cure song right yeah I'm sure that's paid for the chorus yeah, be sure fine. Works, yeah. <laughs> fine. so uh, apart from the Strymans <laughs> what else are you using um, I have, you know, the usual, like, Ibanez Tube Screamer, okay. I, which, I mean, I have to say, Ibanez Max and all that stuff, I'm I'm no connoisseur, <laughs> just one of the green ones. Okay. Um, I, think it's a ma- it? I think it's a Max on OD9. No, I think I just had to go and buy a new one, though. Oh, did you? I break, I, how I break that, I don't touch it. It's just on. <laughs> and I don't touch it, and it, it breaks like, every tour. Oh, I've got to get a new one, okay. Um... <laughs> I have one of them and you know the Boss Noise Suppressor Boss Tuner um, and now that I have this you know ES8 switching system I've also got a Seymour Duncan 805 on there okay uh, yeah that's a great drive pedal is it I've never used it they're it just wicked nice. yeah yeah um, <laughs> it just look, well, I mean, it just they're look, great they're essentially great. it's doing exactly the same job as yeah. the tube screamer that yeah, you've yeah. got but they fact, do. the only time I tried it I thought well it doesn't really do the job as, as well as I'd like <laughs> <laughs> I mean that would, but it looks great that would kind of be my thoughts on the 805 yeah. as well it looks amazing it's just a, a variation on a tube screamer yeah. that does something slightly different yeah I was going through a period where I just thought like buying gear was 
funny or something. <laughs> so I did it. And uh, I have a Sir Coco boost as well. Okay. Um, because this has been, this is another reason why I'm excited to get the Switcher is that we do have some clean parts, believe it or not. And, <laughs> um, you know, I don't, with all the tap dancing, you, you, your clean tone gets decimated when you've got a, 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 a tube screamer on and, and yep. the noise suppressor on and it's not really a clean sound and yeah. you're not getting the best out of it. But now to be able to have like a, something like Coco Boost and be able to actually knock off the uh, uh, noise suppressor without tap dancing, yeah. actually kind of actually get the full potential out of what yeah. I have on there. Yeah, you're losing some of the dynamics, I guess, when you've got that noise suppressor on because there's kind of a fear of playing too quietly and you're just not actually going to get anything out because you're yeah. not going to break the threshold. Yeah. Um, so yeah, actually taking it out of the loop will probably sound really different. Yeah, like yeah really absolutely. different. So you'll be free to do, you know, that famous architect's cover of clean. Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, finger, finger, clean. finger yeah, picking. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and the tone will be there and we won't get, in, you know, complaints from the fans. Because you know, <laughs> they care about this stuff. <laughs> so how did you stumble across the ESA? Um, well, I had been looking for an option. I, you know, I, I know that some people go down the sort of having the pedals in the rack and yeah. all that stuff, but... I really wanted to just have it all out in front of me, especially if I'm going to have spent that much money on those three Strymon pedals. I want to be able to look at them. <laughs> especially because <laughs> I just bought them because they look nice. Just have your tech just looking at them. Not even looking at them. They're <laughs> yeah, sitting in yeah. a rack somewhere. Gathering dust. Never see them. Um, so, yeah. And, and, you know, everyone likes the look of a sort of big pedal board, don't they? I mean, if you're a guitarist, that's great. Um, so I was looking for a switching system, and, and I do have a you know, a sort of working relationship with Boss and uh, and I saw they were bringing it out and it just looked like a great bit of kit and everywhere I read about it said it was great. So from the moment I heard about it, I was hassling them and hassling them and hassling them and then put it off and put it off. But I actually only just got it um, a couple of months ago. And uh, it, I mean, I feel like I'm just sort of at the tip of the iceberg really with it because of the, um, the amount of things you can do with yeah. it. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I, 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 from what I can tell at this point, I, if I'm honest, I haven't like got in the rehearsal room with it or anything, but it seems fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we spend uh, so every year we do a uh, we do a rundown of like the best gear that came out this year and uh, of the year, and we did it. So this year was the third year, and um, we spend I think in total maybe six or seven hours like just recording podcasts, whittling down what was the best thing of the year and I really rallied against it but the, the ESA won out and rightly so the ESA yeah, won out won the, the Guitar Nodes Gear of the Year last year really? yeah it did yeah, yeah. and even like even I'm starting to come round to hey. the functionality of I mean it. you Especially, don't have enough pedals to n- well no 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 but <laughs> like it's like cause did you see they've just released the ES5 mm-hmm. yeah which has, has got a few fewer features but that now I'm starting to be like, okay, cool. I can understand where they're going with this and what they're doing. Yes, yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I just think it's cool that it's it's out there and it's. I'm waiting for the bigger one. I am ES16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could do it. The ES500. Well, you can yeah. link up two ES8s, can't you? Oh, you can. Yeah, yeah. If you're a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, do, am, when does Matt start doing that? I just got question. back off tour with two bands that are podcast listeners and. Okay. 
um, a, the, a, the, one of the bands. So you have Vesa. to say nice things about them. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Vesera, abs- I, I can't swear on the podcast, so no. I can't say what they are. But uh, yeah, terrible people. But um, <laughs> they, their two guitarists were sporting ES8s for the first okay. time. And uh, the other band, Decon, they were also sporting an ES8 See, for their one guitarist. It's weird, isn't it? And we talked about this the other day, I think. Like, all, all since the Gear of the Year award, by the oh, way. Oh, wow. There we go. You know. Um, Boss. When they first, that. yes, indeed. Um, when they first announced it, we were like, "What are they thinking?" Yeah, like it's Boss. They're not like they're doing like a boutique mm-hmm. pedal switching system, yeah. and they were announcing some other stuff as well that we kind of knew before it came out. And we're like, "Oh, that sounds amazing, brilliant." Forget about that pedal switching. Like that's never going to go anywhere. It's one of these things that's going to come out. It'll die within six months, and then you'll never see it again, except for like car boot sales or <laughs> like junk shops, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's been like unbelievably popular yeah just because it's done it's done what some previous pedals have done in the past but as soon as you put the boss name on it obviously it reaches a wider audience mm. but they've also brought the price down massively because they can because but still boss. managed to get people to spend 500 pounds on a boss product completely but when the equivalent is much more expensive oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you look at like a gig rig switching system or a Carl Martin one or was it just the boss one is Carl Martin the Opta the Opta, Opta switch, switch. Yeah. not the, quite the same thing but um, Adam would probably be able to tell you. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I think I looked at the RJ, RJM. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I, I think another band we had been on tour with had, uh, maybe it was the RJM, when we got the individual screens for each patch. Right, sort of okay. Thing. Um, and, and the, I mean, it sounds like a small detail, but it was kind of important to me to have something to tell me what, what the patch yeah, was. Yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. Because yeah. every song has... Yeah, I need to know what I'm... A handful of parts and you yeah. need to see where you are. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, it'll be a small screen on the ESA. Just being able to have that prompt of where you are and yeah. what you're on is a big feature, really, for me. How about hooking it up to the amp? Have you got your head around how that's all going to work? Because the no. diesels are quite heavily MIDI-featured, aren't they? Yeah, well, either I'm being a total um, klutz and, well, I mean, I'm just... I, you know, I'm happy to admit I'm not particularly great with gear I mean uh, like I say we were carrying them around old 6505s in cardboard boxes two years ago this isn't like a long time <laughs> passion I, I simply haven't had the money you know yeah. so uh, and I don't read instructions I like the refusal to get even flight cases just yeah. using the cardboard box <laughs> yeah. just yeah we've got flight cases now okay. I've, got, I've got a diesel so yeah I've struggled to get it set up with uh, my Herbert but um, that's all part of my trip tomorrow that I, if we can't get it set up tomorrow I'm going to replace the MIDI chip in it because yeah either it's me just not knowing what I'm doing or right. there is a problem so it's probably without uh, yeah without sound harsh it probably is that you it's not been not been set up correctly mm. um, yeah that's I think the hardest thing actually is getting the ESA to talk to like an amp like getting the it to do switching yeah via MIDI I think is the most difficult bit sure but well I, I have to admit I'm completely stumped <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a way so yeah you, of course do you guys use anything um, like Ableton or anything like that live like do you pull in any MIDI we do use Ableton live now okay yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, that was we were using main stage okay I think um, and it, we just had problems uh, we, we did a show we did a show in Cologne just the, a month ago. Uh, I think it was like 4,000 people and we, we get on stage and 
I look at my brother Dan who's playing drums and he just get, looks at me and goes just mouths out no click you know we're all on ears so we've got no click so but the but the tracks are still on so he just has to count in at a you know guessing at a point and we're all out with all the click and everything and and then my foot switch broke and then the pick, neck pickup popped out of my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it was crazy. One single show. Yeah, it nice. was bizarre. Yeah. It was bizarre. It really was. It wasn't meant to be uh, or something. You've hit some sort of weird like magnetic fault line. Yeah, thing. that was it. Like, like you just need to avoid Cologne. For so, which is a shame because it's one of the best places in the world. Yeah. <laughs> never mind. Never you mind. You can catch that on uh, on YouTube. Yeah. I'm but, sure um, it is up there. The reason I ask is because obviously one of the thing about the ESA is you can pull in MIDI automation. So yeah. is that something that you'd ever consider? It means that you wouldn't have to do any tap dancing at all. Mm. Um, pulling in obviously the click track from Ableton to do your MIDI switching for, yeah. on the pedals itself. You know, I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm just you know taking baby steps right now because okay. it has been discussed and I've thought uh, maybe there's something I like about it. You yeah. know. Yeah. Like I say, I didn't want to tuck away all my Strymons in a drawer, so maybe there is something I still like about getting to do this myself. It does come to a point where you're just going through the motions. Take too much away, I think. Well, I think there's two ways of looking at it. Um, Some people who do that do it because obviously then they're not tied to the pedal board on stage. Mm. They can run around, and particularly if they're using wireless, then it means that they're not connected to anything. The pedal's on stage so they can still see them, and if they need to get hands on and turning delay times and things like that they can do it um, but it means that they're not standing over the pedal board the whole time but there is definitely an argument to be said about still actually treading on things yeah. and yeah. feel like you're playing guitar still yeah. so when you get to that like you know that queen, the point of queen where you know you've got the you've got the, the stage that extends 100 metres out to the audience and you and you and Sam can go out and you know you can play the the solo while you're covering Bohemian Rhapsody or something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And you you know you don't want to have to like drag the pedal board along behind you. Maybe, maybe that will be maybe the time then. to I, to move to automation. I think that it's. It, I mean, it sounds quite serious, but these things sort of come along at a time when it's when the time is right. And 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 I've resisted a lot of change. I I didn't you know our whole band was like, I don't want to get in-ears, and then we got in-ears and we loved it. Yeah. I don't want to get a baritone, and then I got a baritone <laughs> and I loved it. You know, so these things do end up coming along, and I could say now, oh yeah, that sounds a bit much to me, but then I'm sure if we set it up, I'd be like a giggling child, you know. <laughs> when you're like, just playing oh, and your yeah. effects are turning on yeah, and off. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, I'm sure I'd be in awe of it if we actually did it. Do you know what I think the best thing would be? Just watching the lights change without <laughs> yeah. you treading on anything. I think that would be actually far more magical than actually listening yeah. to the audio. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited enough just by pressing a button on the ESA and seeing... Yeah, Several multiple lights change, change. patch yeah. stuff. Wait till the amp starts going as well. Yeah, yeah. Incredible, incredible. Well, that's good to hear you using an ES8 because we like love it. I think I'm going to get an ES5. Like, I don't Are know. For what? For what? Well, there's some pedals down You've there. You've got also. a Hughes and Kettner and, and five yeah, pedals. Yeah, but I like this it. Was the, but this was the argument that I had in against the ES8. And you were like, no, man, it doesn't matter. Even if you only got eight pedals, ES8, you need one thing is there's some pedals well, on the board over there there's a, we're sat next to a big stack of pedals that are like review things that I kind of want to buy one of them or a couple at least a couple of them um, so they'll probably end up going on a board somewhere and then I could have a little ES5 be great you should get one everyone should get one yeah that Ramble Marvel Drive I think once we've done the video I'm going to buy it 
amazing pedal. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, before because I could talk about that for for a while, <laughs> um, we did have some questions. Sure. Um, that have come in for you. Uh, we've covered quite a lot of it already, but maybe there's some more insight that we can kind of go over. Um, someone called At Least You Know on Twitter said, Did you learn to play acoustic first uh, and then go to electric? Um, who did you look up to back then? So we've covered a fair bit of that. Yeah. Acoustic guitar wise, d- do you own one? No. Okay. Well, I've got a tiny little miniature one for some reason. Okay. I mean, when I was a kid, I think I bought it like when I was properly a child and okay. where it was something I could take on holiday with me and still be able to play guitar um, but no I'd, I'd love to have one I've come close I've come close to buying one but uh, I just thought my money would be best spent elsewhere right yeah. have you ever been offered like anything endorsement wise or has anyone ever kind of sent one your way I think maybe I you know I can't think of it off the top of my head but I feel like that has happened okay um, and I, I I will get one eventually because I, I, you know, whenever someone has an acoustic guitar, I, I love playing it. But no. are there any Kumbaya and that? Yeah, All yeah, that indeed. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> are there any times in the studio where you've used one? Yeah, actually, yeah, a few times. Yeah, okay. on our last, even on our last record, which um, obviously isn't out yet. But when people hear it, they'll think, "Where the hell did you play acoustic guitar?" Okay, <laughs> okay. So that's the, the new record. We should do. We should do a, a, let's plug. Do a plug. Let's just quickly do these, and okay, we'll talk about right. the new record, and we can talk about yeah. where maybe an acoustic fits in yeah. to that. See if people can spot it. I guess. Um, so let's do talking about a new record. Actually, uh, this question says. I've trouble, I have trouble recording heavy guitars into a song mix. Do you have any useful tips? Now, we talked about this before we started, and you said probably not. Um, <laughs> but I kind of wanted to know about your experience of studio recording mm-hmm. and how you guys go about that, whether you play together or is it drums first, and then you build around that. Um, and how do you kind of approach the guitars? Yeah, sure. Well, it's absolutely painstaking, that's for okay. sure. Um, I mean... Yeah. Okay. Well, for a start, we start on the drums. Yeah, and uh, and I love that question. That's such a punk band question. You go. Do you start on the drums? Yeah. Everyone. Every well, single band starts. No. Except for you. Go, for I'm going to go and record just, an album in a day. Of course. So we yeah, do the drums. We do everything at once. <laughs> so, Sorry. Yeah. It'd be a nice idea, but no, it's it's really slow and really grueling, and 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 and. Yeah, so we do the drums, and I, it's cool that we've been to Gothenburg to Studio Fremen for the last two, and uh, after the drums, it's like, you can do anything, really, because we yeah. have all the demo guitars and stuff, so we could do drums and then start the vocals, but we just sort of take it whatever we fancy, really. But um, I played all the guitars on the last two records, and the guitars are quad-tracked, and so it's like... I mean, I spent, and I'm not embarrassed to admit, a day recording one riff <laughs> on our on this record. When that's you say out. quad tracked, you're playing exactly the same part four times. Yeah. Okay. So that's without any like extra layering and other things going on. Yeah. Is okay. It, so are they going straight in? Are you using different guitars, or are they being reamped for different like? EQ tweaks and effect tweaks and stuff. We we use two different setups, so it would be. Uh, it was a dual rec, and then had something to do with a slave. You guys might okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It was slaving the diesel. Okay, okay, fine. And then the other one was um, that's the, the right same thing. setup, but with thanks, man. <laughs> uh, an EVH, one of the Fender EVHs. Oh, okay, yeah. cool, which cool. are good amps, I think. Yeah. And uh, 
and that was being saved for the, the angle. Okay. And I can't remember the cabs. Um, and so yeah, so that was yeah, one of them on uh, either side or whatever. So and it was really grueling and really slow, and especially with the low tunings, that was the hardest. But that was the reason it would take me a day, not because I'm terrible at guitar, <laughs> but just because getting four guitars to all have the exact same velocity on a on a you get so much shake. Yeah, exactly. it's. And oh. I'd also imagine tuning is an issue. Even tuning, just you know, regular E to E. The studio engineer always after a take will be, yeah, you need to mm-hmm. check the tuning. Something's gone out. I can't imagine what that's like over a longer scale length tuned down. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I mean, it's extreme. Like it just gets to the point where you just had enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like for the love of God, I can't play this anymore. But no, I mean, the thing is, we'd never quad tracked before, and I have to say. You know, at the end of both times, we said never again. I'm never doing that quad tracking business. It's a nightmare. But it sounds so huge yeah. Um, that, yeah, I mean, I can't argue with the results. So I guess that's, uh, to go back to the question, I guess that kind of answers it really. It's like, how do you make heavy guitars sit in the mix? I guess you just record them a lot of times. <laughs> a lot of times. Well, I have to say that I'm no genius with this stuff and I, you know I credit with the way the records sound with the guys at the studio those are the guys that know what they're doing and uh, you know I would love it if someone could tell me that you could make it sound just as good without quad tracking <laughs> um, and maybe I'll find out sometime in the future but uh, yeah I mean that that's just one method I'm sure there are other great sounding metal records that haven't done that so yeah um, just looking at these questions, we've kind of covered most of the stuff people are asking. So, that, so, should we? Um, I guess we'll talk about the new record sure. a little bit. Do you want to tell us a bit about it? I mean, sure. you've already already said how it was, or a lot of how it was recorded. But yeah, what's the um, what's it called? When's it out? And what's it about? Uh, okay, well, it's called "All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us." Um, it's out May twenty seventh. Uh, and is it on Epitaph again? It's on Epitaph again, which we're extremely. Uh, that's yeah, delighted about. It's yeah, just great. fantastic. I almost label. wore my mid nineties Epitaph t shirt today. Oh. I completely forgot that that was where the record was coming out. So. <laughs> they it's do the last it was just the last one, wasn't it? Yeah, that that's out. right, that was the first one. It's just such a fantastic label. Oh. Were you into like did you grow up listening to any of those any of those bands? No. Of no. course not. Of course you didn't, because Epitaph have changed. <laughs> yeah. It, well, exactly, no, yeah. that's what that's what I'm saying. But like, yeah. you know, I didn't know if because it, it's quite it's quite interesting to me, I guess. Because you care like, about like mid nineties epitaph. Well, yeah, right. like you know some of those records that came out in that twenty years ago. Tw- yeah, were like, <laughs> and but the way that the I just think that epitaph is a very interesting example of a record label surviving. You know, you you look at how many record labels, you know, independent record labels are still around from then to now, and the reason that they are is that. They didn't just stick at releasing Bad Religion records. Mm-hmm. You know, Brett had Punk-arama the Punkarama VHS well, yeah, copies. You know, yeah. he he had the sort of he had the 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 sort of wits about him to be like, okay, actually, this is where music's going. Let's he, let's roll with it. You're right that it's down to him, and he's the real deal. He really cares. Yeah, and he's really interested and invested actually in what he's releasing. He doesn't yeah. just leave it to someone else. Yeah, sign that. I'm sure it's good. You know, I could I had a phone call with him 
uh, after we did our last record with him about what you know he wanted to have input about what the best songs were for singles and stuff and okay. he could talk to me about the record and what the best songs were and all this stuff We'd, I'd never been on a label wow. with the exception of right way back when we were working with In at the Deep End which yeah. is a one man operation so of course he's heard it Yeah, but um, to have I was sort of blown away by that and really I don't know I can't speak highly enough of the, of the label they just do everything right you know and they have their heart in the right place and yeah, it's great. So we're really happy to be with them. And uh, oh, what's the, I mean, what's the record about? It's about a lot of things. Uh, Is it going to be political again, or more political? Than- it, well, it, it it's got yeah, it's got that sort of political vibe in there. But I have to say, like, I I, I do feel in myself a little bit like, okay, like you know, uh, we, we, I get it. You know, uh, like, <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know. But a lot of bands do that for their whole career and. That's just, you know, but when I wrote it, that's where I was at. I wrote the lyrics on the record, mm-hmm. and so I drove it in that direction. And, you know, that's just the natural course but it you, took. But you say that's what... You say a lot of bands do that for their whole career. Like, I don't think there's a lot of bands within your genre who no, no, who right. write about, like, environmental issues. No, and you're, about you're political. an ambassador for Sea Shepherd as well. Yeah, yeah. Sam, that's right. Yeah, yeah, oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. Sam. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, I, we're I, all involved, but Sam is actually an ambassador for Sea Shepherd. The UK ambassador for Sea Shepherd, yeah. which is an incredible, yeah. like, an incredible thing to No, I mean, and to, we're really proud. Say. I mean, when I think about my band, I, I feel like I have a lot of pride with, with what we've become and, and what we stand for and, you know, um, whether it's Sam being involved with Sea Shepherd or all of us being vegan and being involved with Peter too and all that sort of stuff, it's... Um, I'm proud of that stuff, yeah. Um, and I don't regret writing about this stuff. Like I say, I mean, whatever happens, happens at the time we write about it. But it's also maybe a little bit more about um, uh, maybe some more personal or esoteric sort of ideas. I mean, <clears throat> that's what the title's sort of alluding to anyway. You know, I've always been sort of a band of diehard atheists and maybe we're sort of going, maybe there is something more than just sort of what we can see and feel and what whatever but that's an awfully long conversation it's <laughs> <laughs> a whole nother podcast yeah exactly talking about that we're basically up at time um, like we've done an episode and that, <clears throat> wow how about that I know that didn't feel like an hour at all so what I think we should do um, just so you know we do a, uh, we have a Patreon campaign running we do a little extra half an hour for people that are signed up to the Patreon mm-hmm. um, you're more than welcome to stick around sure. I reckon we'll do a more normal kind of episode yeah, there's been some that. news and stuff, stuff. Um, you went to a base show that we can talk about and things oh, yeah. like that and we've got some questions from the Facebook group and, and stuff like that <laughs> so um, yeah let's um Let's call this one here. We'll head over to Patreon and do some more stuff over there. If you don't know, or if you want to get that episode, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an extra half an hour of guitar nerds content every week. Um, Or for $10 a month, you become one of our exclusive Patreon producer backer type people who, um, go on. You you have to to join in. With wait, what we're wait, about to oh do. My, no, wait, what no. are you going to do? I'm going to sacrifice the, the reading out. Oh, okay. okay. How okay. good would that be? So, so Tom's going to read out the list of names of our Patreon so exclusive Normally, producers. I would read out everyone's names, normally changing their last names to include a, a rude word or reading it in a silly voice. But I think you could you just do it in your normal voice. My voice is silly out. enough to begin yeah. with. And we'll provide some sort of a cappella backing track for you to read these these names. Okay. So I just take just, it away, just, huh? Yeah, just, just, read, read, just read those names just out. 
Right. We have David Carroll, Andy McKenzie, Joe Depto, Eric Seary, Paul Corrigan, Jack Godfrey, Jack Conroy, Will Clare, Chris Wilson, Scott O'Brien, Matt Queen, Fletch Fletcher, good name, Phil Thompson, Laurie Ansis. And this, yeah, sorry, Laurie, might got that wrong. Moog Gravit, well, that's a good name. Colin Anderson. Yes, there we nice. go. Nice, there we go. Perfect, perfect. You almost, yeah, we, we're getting yeah. really well. We are, we are getting too many Patreon backers yeah. to do this. We've capped it at 20. It's worth saying that, actually, we've only got four spaces left. So at the end of the, uh, yeah, there's only four. If you want to uh, have your name read out at the end of the podcast every week, then, uh, yeah, there's four spaces left. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Um, or you can go to the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash guitar nerds forum, or on Twitter at guitar nerds, on Instagram at guitar nerds, Periscope at guitar nerds, or you can go over to the website, guitarnerds.net. Uh, you can read the review that I just put up of the uh, Planet Waves pedal patch cable kit. Pedal board patch cable kit. Or you could hit yourself with a hammer. No, I'm, I, I like I like accessories. Yeah. I think it's cool. I actually, in terms of doing the review, I that's, that's why you wear so many I rings. I did a lava cable thing. I was very impressed. Did you? I it, yeah. Okay. I say that. I got a bass plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> accessories are where it's at. And then I wrote about that in the uh, in the review itself. Well done. I've just, so just before we jump, jump away, I've just seen the first jump question. Jump away? Jump away. I've just seen the first question, which I'm really interested in uh, Tom's input in. So we'll uh, no yeah it's yeah rude. we'll we'll it's get rude. that we'll get yeah. that we'll get we'll that do answered that. next definitely. time definitely um, just so you know we've got questions from Ollie we've got questions from Will Cy Lee Adam uh, and Charlie all going to be answered over in the Patreon episode um, thanks very much for joining this week um, we didn't actually say where you can find architects and stuff on the internet yeah uh, where can you. I don't know, most people just find it on YouTube, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Be, uh, I hear a lot of people do use YouTube. Yeah, um, I don't know. Look it on there if you like it. Go on iTunes or something. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I think they've right. got the Google AdWords thing down. Yeah, just an architect's band, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Cool. Is All that right. your Twitter? Architect's, ha- architect's, architect's band? UK, yeah. Architect's UK. Architect's yeah. UK. And yours is... Tom Architects. Tom Architects, yeah. There we go. There we go. Cool. All right. Well, let's do a bit more in the Patreon. And uh, if you're not going to join us there, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye. Farewell. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.